Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal my soul test this morning. Father, thank you for a brand new day. Thank you, Lord, that I am able to come into your presence this morning to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Thank you, Lord God, because I am able to come and worship the one who created me, created me so that I would worship him. I will give him glory. Thank you, Lord, for this privilege. Be glorified forevermore in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, thank you that each morning we are able to call on your name. Thank you, Lord, because each morning we are able to worship you. We give you all the praise, Father. We give you all the glory in the mighty name of Jesus. We worship you this morning because you are Alpha and Omega. You are the beginning and the end. Lord, you can see us through every situation. Lord, you know our lives. Everything that we, we have been through, we will be through. Lord, you know. We thank you. You are Alpha and Omega. Thank you because you are from everlasting to everlasting. You are not bound by the concept of time, Lord. You are from everlasting to everlasting. When time is gone, Lord, you will still be here. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, because you uphold everything by the word of your power. Your word, Lord, cannot be challenged. When you declare a thing, Lord, it is like that. Ah, Father, we give you praise this morning. Be glorified as we worship in your presence. And as we read the word again today, Lord, grant us wisdom, grant us understanding. Help us learn in your presence and let your name alone be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Morphe Eyenike. We continue our reading. Yes, our reading of the of the New Testament. We just completed the book of Matthew. So we move on to the next book, the book of Luke. Luke is still, sorry, the book of Mark. Mark is still part of of the gospels okay so mark mark is exactly okay if you if you have ego eyes and you are able to pry very well you realize that the book of matthew and mark are exactly almost exactly the same uh, the only difference is that matthew is fleshed up a bit why mark being a very young boy a very young man at a time when all of this account was happening okay the accounts that the holy spirit gives him were more action-packed more action-packed beyond that mark will go on to become an evangelist okay so you will notice that um, the view in which he shares the gospel and the life of jesus with us was from the view of an evangelist okay so you see the actions happening but you have to remember that there is something under there is something making those actions okay those events happen and it is the relationship okay it is the person of jesus very important so please get your bibles 
Let's try and read. So majority of this we already read in the book of Matthew. So we will not be explaining, okay, in-depthly too much with, with them. We will be reading, if we can, we read up to chapter 3 this morning. Mark chapter 1, John the Baptist prepares the way. He says, this is the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. Okay, it is the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. It began just as the prophet Isaiah said, just as the prophet Isaiah had written, Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way. Mark, Malachi chapter 3, verse 1, you find that, spoke about the one who will come to prepare the way before the Messiah. We know that that person is John the Baptist. He says in verse 3 that he is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming, clear the road for him, clear the road for him. You find that also in the book of Isaiah chapter 40 verse 3. So like we say, when we are reading the Gospels, when we are reading the New Testament, you just realize how much they were a fulfillment of a lot of the things we already read in the Old Testament. For says this messenger was John the Baptist. So Mark tells us clearly that this messenger, okay, that Isaiah prophesied about, Malachi prophesied about, was John the Baptist. He was in the wilderness and preached that people should be baptized to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. So the purpose of baptism was to show a physical show, a physical show of what had happened on the inside to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. Since all of Judea, including all the people of Jerusalem, went out to, to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. So you can see that Mark is giving us a bit more background on the person and the ministry of John the Baptist. Okay, so when they were a bit afraid, you know, to confront him, or when Jesus asked them the question, why they did not, okay, what, uh, the, where did the baptism of, G, of John the Baptist come from? And they were reluctant to answer, okay? So you get a lot more of that because you notice that the Pharisees, you know, were reluctant to say that John the Baptist, you know, was, had an, a human origin, okay? Because they felt the people might attack them. Why? Because of all this. John, they all went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. Its clothes were woven from coarse, crossed camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate locusts and wild honey. John announced, Someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I am not even worthy to stoop down like a slave and untie the strap of a sandal. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And you agree with me, these have been prophesied again and again. The book of Joel especially mentioned this, that in the last days, the Spirit of the Lord was going to be poured out, okay? 
So, yes, he said, John says, I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Next, we read about the baptism and the temptation of Jesus. One day, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. As Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. The Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. The Holy Spirit, again, I repeat, was not a dove, only descended on him like a dove. When we read the other accounts, we know that there was a brief of discussion between John and Jesus here when John tells Jesus that I am the one that needs you to baptize me and you're coming to me and you're coming to me. And Jesus told him that no, let's we must fulfill all righteousness. Okay? And then John baptized him. When he baptized him, he said the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove, and a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved son. And you bring me great joy. I said that, that this was Jesus by misfire. In, in other words, God was putting his seal of approval on him as his son. Public declaration of Jesus as his son. Two, 12 says that the spirit then compelled Jesus to go into the wilderness. And I love this verse. The spirit was the one that compelled him. Another word for compared, literally drove him, forced him, took him to into the wilderness. Okay, so the Holy Spirit can lead, can do that. The Holy Spirit can lead you, okay, to a place where you think is bad for you, but because He is Alpha and Omega, He is omnipresence. He knows what is well ahead of you. Okay, so he knows what is coming. So he leads Jesus into the wilderness because Jesus, this was supposed to be Jesus' part of his preparation. Okay, for his final, his his final showing. Okay, and manifestation. He says where he was tempted by Satan for forty days. He was out among the wild animals, and angels took care of him. Even though he was among the wild animals, angels took care of him. So the wild animals could not attack him. It's later on, after John was arrested, Jesus went into Galilee where he preached God's good news. Since the time promised by God has come at last, he announced the kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. What is the good news? I think a lot of people don't know what the good news is. Okay, remember we have the great commission as Matthew gave us. But our commission is to preach the good news, to make disciples of all nations. God has made a way for men to be redeemed and to come back to him. That is the good news. Okay, so the first disciples, verse 16, one day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. So what Jesus promised them was to show them how to fish for people, to catch people. That was the Grace Commission. Yes, to catch people for God. And they left their nets at once and followed him. Since a little further up the shore, Jesus saw Zebedee, son, Zebedee's son, James and John, in a boat repairing their nets. 
he called them at once and they also followed him leaving their father Zebedee in the boat uh, with the hired men so they didn't just abandon their father okay their father had other hired workers okay to which those one obviously would have continued <laughs> the work of their fathers very important okay so next jesus cast out an evil spirit verse 21 okay so we saw the way matthew you know portrayed majority of jesus's healing a lot of them involved the casting out of the de- of demons of evil spirits and it was intentional it was to present jesus as having power over demonic spirits even before jesus presented his sacrifice okay uh, to God. 21. Jesus and his companions went to the town of Capernaum. When the Sabbath day came, he went into the synagogue and began to preach. The people were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with, with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of religious laws. We were just pretenders, right? They were just pretenders and were using the laws to serve themselves. Jesus taught the people with authority authority he taught them okay how to change their lives literally 23 suddenly a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out why are you interfering with us jesus of nazareth have you come to destroy us i know who you are the only one of god they knew who he was okay the devil cannot claim to know who jesus is he knew who jesus was and he knows who Jesus is today. And I'm telling you, for everyone who accepts Jesus as Lord and Savior, the devil knows who you are. <laughs> he knows who, who you are now, today in Christ. If you are in Christ, the devil knows. Okay? So they told Jesus, we know that we know who you are. You are the Holy One of God. But Jesus reprimanded him. Be quiet. Come out of the man, he ordered at once. It says at that the evil spirit screamed threw the man into a convulsion and then came out of him i noticed the way jesus dealt with demon he didn't have to be having discussion with them or be asking them question what is your name they are lying spirits okay yeah, they follow after their father their, their father the devil is the father of all lies okay so there is no need in entertaining that asking the demon you know um to to give you information about how it came into the person how it's supposed to go out um those majority of what you will get will be lies the person you are supposed to get all of that information from is the holy spirit okay so he threw the man into a convulsion and then came out of him amazement gripped the audience and they began to discuss what had happened what sort of new teaching is this they asked excitedly it had it has such authority his teachings had authorities his, his teachings had you know proof evidence you listen to his teachings they changed your life okay they were not just they were not so religious they were not just you know playing to the gallery ephemera they were not just you know uh, blah 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 no they had authority you listen to the word of, of jesus they will change your life very important as christians when we share the words of jesus they should change people's life christianity is not religion it is not religion it is lives being changed they said it has such authority even 
evil spirits obey his commands since the news about jesus spread quickly throughout the entire region of galilee Next, Jesus will heal many people. After Jesus left the synagogue, synagogue with James and John, they went to Simon and Andrew's home. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. They told Jesus about her right away. So he went to her bedside, took her by the hand, and helped her sit up. Then the fever left her, and she prepared a meal for them. Did you see how that miracle happened? He went to her bedside, took her by the hand. Do you think she was already healed? No. Helped her sit up. Do you think she was already healed? No. See, then, then the fever left her. So what most of us will be doing is waiting after praying for the fever to leave and then you will lift up the person. <laughs> That's not how faith works, okay? Uh, faith believes in the person of God to do what he has asked you to do. Yes. So she got up and she prepared a meal for them. That evening after sunrise, many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. Since the whole town gathered at the door to watch. So Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases and he cast out many demons. But because the demons knew who he was, he did not allow them to speak. So imagine, this was Old Testament, okay? We were just about coming into the New Testament. It is the death of Jesus that announces the, the beginning of the New Testament. And imagine how demons just have ravaged people's life. Ravaged people's life and were living inside people. That is what demons do. That's what they enjoy doing. Living inside people. Corrupting people. And that is what God has come to, called us to do. To liberate people from the oppressions of the devil. Next, Jesus preaches in Galilee. 2035 says, Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. And I'm telling you, this one, Mark took note of about something and habits that jesus did regularly he says jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray he says before daybreak okay he, this is something that jesus did it was something he used to build his relationship with his father and whatever he saw there before daybreak he will come and do in the morning since later simon and the others went out to find him when they found him they said everyone is looking for you jesus replied we must go on to other town as well and i will preach to them too that is why i came how did, where did he get that from? from from where he had what he had spent all the night with god doing say so he traveled throughout the region of galilee preaching in the synagogues synagogues and casting out demons next jesus heals a man with leprosy uh, a man with leprosy came and knelt in front of jesus begging to be healed if you are willing you can heal me and make me clean he said remember before this time no one had been healed of leprosy the last person you read about in in the bible was elisha who told naaman to go and wash in the jordan and he was restored okay so it man asked him if you are willing you can heal me and make me clean he said how could he believe that when no one had ever experienced it but that is what faith can do moved with compassion jesus reached out and touched him i am willing 
And I'm telling you, this guy was radical. Who touches a leper? Yes, Jesus touches, can, and will, will always. And Jesus sends us out because we are the body of Christ. We are the hands of Jesus today. You can't be uh, be hard to preach the grace commission and be afraid when God says, stretch your hand and touch the leper. Jesus touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed instantly. Instantly. Unlike, you know, um, Peter's mother-in-law, instantly uh, the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. Then Jesus sent him on his way with a stern warning. Don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. You find that in the book of Leviticus, chapter 14. Okay, all of the accounts of what people need to do when they have been cured of leprosy is right there. It says, This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. But the man went and spread the word, proclaiming to everyone what had happened. As a result, large crowds soon surrounded Jesus and he couldn't publicly enter a town anymore. He had to stay out in the, in the secluded places, but people from everywhere kept coming to him. So, is that positive or negative? <laughs> should Jesus, okay, should he have followed the instruction of Jesus? Okay, so I don't, I leave you to judge that. Mark chapter 2. Jesus heals a paralyzed man. So like I said, Mark focuses on the actions. So when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Hmm. Remember, they've been looking for him everywhere. Soon, the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, while he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. So we saw this account also in Matthew. So if you go back now and be just be checking, you will see that the accounts of Matthew and Mark almost follow the same line, almost are almost side by side. It says four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him bring him to jesus because of the crowd so they dug a hole through the roof above his head eh? hmm. i don't know whether this was the house of jesus but they dug a roll a hole you know through the roof above his head then they lowered the man on on his mat right down in front of jesus seeing their fate can you imagine that jesus saw their fate so is faith visible yes faith can be seen faith is visible if you have faith we can see it eh? if there was one man that paul was preaching the bible said that paul saw that he had faith to be healed what does that mean paul was preaching and saw the man that the man had faith to be healed it meant the man was doing something i don't know maybe trying to get up okay but because of the words that Paul was sharing, he was trying to get up, he was trying to do something, and then Paul just went to him and picked him up, and then <laughs> he was healed immediately. But Jesus saw their faith by their actions, 
not by their words, just by their words. So, eh, their words were important. Obviously, they would have been asking people, can we get through, through, please? Can we get through, please? Everybody would have been telling them, we too, we want to see Jesus, okay? So, beyond their words, they climbed to the road. The Bible says, Jesus, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. Not the fate of the paralyzed man, it was the fate of his friends that Jesus saw. The Bible says, he said, my child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there taught to themselves, what is he saying? This is blaspheming. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sin. So did you hear that? Jesus on earth, when he walked as a man, had the authority to forgive sins. Okay? So Jesus was telling them, um, the other one really, Maybe the other one would have... If I had told the man to stand up and walk, I'm sure this whole place would have scattered. Yes, this whole place would have scattered. So, but maybe you think that all I just have is word of mouth because anybody could have just said, your sins are forgiven. They don't have to prove anything. How do you prove that somebody's sins have been forgiven? Uh, no, nothing, nothing, nothing to show. Uh, however, if indeed somebody... Because the, the Jews tended to connect people's condition with the way their lives were okay so it means that if you are like this then you were likely a sinner if you were born blind maybe your parents committed sin <laughs> so the only way that this man will walk would be that his sins have been forgiven yes so that was what jesus was connecting i will prove to you that his sins that have been forgiven by making him stand up and walk he says jesus said why do you question this in your heart is it easier to say to the paralyzed man your sins are forgiven or stand up pick up your bed pick up your mat and walk so i will prove to you that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins then jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said stand up pick up your mat and go home hmm. and the man jumped up grabbed his mat and walked out through the stunned onlookers, they were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. If you remember what Matthew said, Matthew said that they said, you know, ah, they praise God for giving such power, such power, such authorities to, you know, to man, to men. Hmm? <laughs> Now, we see the calling of Matthew. So when Jesus went out to the lake shore again and told the crowds that were coming to him as he walked along, along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at his, at his tax collector's booth. Of course, this is Matthew. Follow me and be my disciples, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up and followed him. Later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his house as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. There were many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. Did you hear that? 
there were many disreputable people, this kind of people among Jesus' followers. If you follow Jesus, you will be classed among wine buyers, people who go to parties, tax collectors, sinners. That was Jesus' crowd. <laughs> I'm telling you, most of us eh, today would never have followed Jesus. Yeah, he would have contaminated your Christianity. <laughs> yes, he would have contaminated your Christianity. But Jesus said, I did not come for those who think that they are righteous. Ha! I wish a lot of Christians will understand today that God is not looking, in quote, for just our perfection. God is looking for lives that are changed. Who will go on to change other people's lives? Hmm? He says, they, there were many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. Says, but the teachers of religious law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners. They asked his disciples, why does he eat with such scums? He was eating with them. He was found among them. What will we do to pastors today? Or we do, let's live and live at pastors. Uh, pastors is and that thing. We have already classed that one already. What will we do to other believers when we see them eating with sinners or mingling with other unbelievers? You know what our response usually is to that, right? We will say that they have, they have backslidden. They are not Christians again. Whereas, most of, it means that most of us will have classed Jesus as an unbeliever, as a Christian that has backslidden. Because when you saw him, you saw him among wine, wine drinkers. You saw him among those who were partying. You saw him among tax collectors. But you see, the light that he carried, eh, when those people came towards him, it reflected so powerfully in their lives that they had no choice than to change. That is the Great Commission. That is what God has called, called us to. They asked, why does he eat with such scum? When Jesus had this, he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor. All these people, they need a doctor. And you are the doctor. God has sent you to them. You have the solution. You are refusing to go to them. Eh? Hey, God. May God help us. In the mighty name of Jesus, elderly people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Those are the people that Jesus have come to call. Those who know they are sinners. I say again, oh, hmm, the closer you move to God, the more you feel you are a sinner. Yes, you feel you are a sinner. Anytime you come into the presence of God, it just opens up your sins to you it is because you are spiritual yes it is because you love god that is why you feel like that it is not because you are a sinner eh? i don't care how righteous and holy you are you come into the presence of god haha <laughs> you will be reminded of how inadequate how sinful you are check your bible everyone was like that okay let's go on and let's finish We'll stop on chapter 2 today. Now, next is the discussion about fasting. Once when Jesus, John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, some people came to Jesus and asked, Why don't your disciples fast like John's disciples and the Pharisees do? Jesus replied, Do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. 
They don't fast while the groom is with them, but someday the groom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. So Jesus wasn't saying that as Christians we shouldn't fast or fasting is not important. For the purpose for which fasting was created, it is important to help us, you know, to seclude ourselves, help us to be focused, okay, to, to discipline our flesh. All those will never change. But while Jesus was with them, okay, that was not necessary. He says, beside, who would patch old clothing with new clothes? For the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old clothes, leaving an even bigger tear than before. And no one puts new wine into old wine skin, for the wine would bust the wine skins, and the wine and the skin would both be lost. New wine calls for new wine skin. Do you want new wine? Then you need new wine skin. You want the new? Ask God for new wine skin and the Lord will bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. Let's finish this one. One Sabbath day as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, uh, his disciples his disciples uh, began breaking off heads of grain to eat. But the, the Pharisees said to Jesus, Look, why are they breaking the law by eating grain, by harvesting grain on the harvest? <laughs> on the Sabbath, sorry. <laughs> when they are investing grain, they were just eating. You see, Jesus said to them, Haven't you ever read in the scriptures what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God during the days when Abiata was high priest and broke the, the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests are allowed to eat. He also gave some to his companion. Then Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. Did you hear that? So the Son of Man is Lord, even over the Sabbath. Eh? The laws were made to meet the needs of people. People were not made to meet the needs of the law. Very, very, very important. All right, as we go this morning, so much lessons to learn, right? Uh, but if there is one lesson I want to take from here, it is that, we must learn the true meaning, okay? What were intended in the laws. Yes, Lord, help us to learn what you intended when you gave us your laws. In the mighty name of Jesus, as we go today, help us to live as examples for others to follow. Help us to be Christians indeed. Father, we thank you this morning. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.